I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, I'm Matt Kelly. And I'm Matt Dancona. And this is The Two Mats for the week ending Friday the 15th of December. What shall we call this episode? What did we talk about, Matt? We talked about uh, the Rwanda fiasco. We also talked about Nigel Farage being back from the jungle yeah. and um, and calling out Kevin, Kevin Ligo. Ligo from yeah. ITV for a, for, a, for a fight. Yeah, because <laughs> Kevin Ligo called him a wanker. Because, yes, and um, yeah. this uh, is both very amusing, but also um, has some significance. Shall we lay out our cards on the table and let Nigel know where we stand on that issue? I think what about calling it Farage, you wanker? I think that would be <laughs> honest and true. I don't and know whether our producer's going to allow that, but yeah. Oh, no, we can, aster- we can stick an asterisk in. People could think it was winker. Yes, and, and, okay. and, and we're quite happy with that. Yeah, okay. Farage right. the Winker. All right, okay, so this is The Two Mats, episode 26, Farage, Farage the you Wanker. Wink, Farage you Winker. <laughs> no, that's better. Farage you, you Winker. Wink. You wink. <laughs> Enjoy. Enjoy. So, Matt, another quiet week in UK politics. Just dead quiet. Dead anything, quiet. Anything you can think of we should talk about? Well, I suppose, you know, again, the continuing collapse of, um, <laughs> of, of the British government, yeah. um, part 25,000. It's um, incredible. It is. And I, I mean, I think it would be wrong not to begin with Rishi Sunak in his Spectator interview with Katie Balls, yes. very good political editor of The Spectator, saying, I'm not tetchy, tetchily. <laughs> Oh, there was the most sort of unproductive response to a question. It was, there was another weird little moment of viciousness that came out when Keir Starmer tackled him about homelessness at uh, PMQs yeah. this week. Yeah, and and the response it was weird. You very rarely see him sort of lose it, uh, lose it to that degree. Yeah. You often see him bristly and kind of like, Shall, why am I even deigning yeah. to answer all this yeah. shit? But the, he really snarled at yeah. Starmer, you know, like a dog, really snarling. Yeah. And it was like, again, my hypothesis that he is having a slow car crash. He is not well. Down. <laughs> you know, Rishi, are you okay? Yeah, are you okay? I mean, it's a bit like um, Holly on uh, Holly Willoughby on this morning, isn't it? You know, <laughs> yeah. Are you okay? You know, we should uh, go around and take him some soup. I'm actually pretty far from okay. I'm pretty far from okay. <laughs> yeah, no one asks me, me anymore. Anyway, so I think they hoped that the, his number 10 gang hoped that the failure of the rebels to, you know, walk the walk yeah. would deliver a 
uh, a kind of surge in Sunak's authority. I can't, I can't believe that Marc Francois didn't follow through with his it's five incredible, isn't it? stuff. It's incredible. I mean, well, should we, should we actually should we start with a clip? Because just to illustrate the bedlam, yeah. um, there's a very funny exchange on Good Morning Britain the morning after the vote with James Cleverly, the ill-named Home Secretary, um, <laughs> re- responding to a question from Ed Balls. I don't know if producer Matt can play us that. If there was a coup in Rwanda two days after the, it became law, what would happen? If the bill is still... If the, uh, sorry, if the treaty that we signed with Rwanda, in the same way that if there are uh, treaties signed with uh, other countries, if the treaty on which the bill... Uh, uh, so the bill supports the treaty, the treaty addresses the reasons that Supreme Court... Uh, said that they felt Rwanda at this point uh, in time, um, and, and this, uh, they were talking about uh, details from 18 months ago, the treaty addresses the specific points of the Supreme Court. The bill refers to the treaty. If the treaty is being upheld, <laughs> then for the purposes of asylum um, uh, um, uh, processing, Rwanda is treated as safe. In the same way, in the same way, in the same way, I don't know what you're talking UN... about. Could you say that again? Because it was really, really unclear. Nobody will know what you just said. I mean, oh, I Lord. mean, I mean, asylum, I asylum is the great. word, but not in the way he means. <laughs> um, it, it, it's 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 funny because Ed Balls asked a very good question, which yeah, is yeah, yeah. Parliament has just passed this or is passing this bill, which says Rwanda is safe yeah. and all decision makers have to acknowledge it's safe and as Ed Bull says if there was a coup yeah. to, you know what would what would happen and cleverly just dissolves into word salad explosion yeah. um, but I love this idea that we can now just declare things in bills and they become an act of parliament yeah. and, and and it's a fact now. so you see, what's next like the government competency bill yes. you know, where the government is declared to be remotely Brilliant. competent yes I mean actually the great thing and this is where you know one hopes that checks and balances will operate is that I don't think that the Supreme Court will strike down um, this bill if it becomes law as some Tories fear but I do think that judges both in the UK and in Strasbourg will have regard to the the UK Supreme Court the original judgment that ruled that Rwanda was not safe as well as mm. Parliament's declaration that it is yeah um, and, and, and just to take a serious point as well yeah. because it's it's all too easy to laugh at this clownery but it is, you know yeah. it's all, at the same time it's all too very serious for is, so many people it, it, it's incredibly serious you know what's going to happen when if if let's say if because when is far too strong but if they finally fly out a plane load of asylum seekers to rwanda and then something bad happens to one of them in rwanda because yes. of the state of rwanda do we then just say no that didn't happen didn't happen because it couldn't have happened because we passed a, an act of law to say so. No, I mean, I think that the assumption which is uh, baked into the bill and indeed their whole strategy that once these people are in Rwanda, if it ever gets to that, which I suspect it won't, mm. that the spotlight will be off them is so um, politically oh my God. inept no, as, as, well as, as well as ethically of ridiculous. Course. I mean, what was interesting about the vote was that I watched the whole debate for my sins and it was the fourth anniversary of the 2019 election victory. And you thought, my God, how quickly politics moves now because you've gone from an 80 seat majority. And I remember that night thinking, 
this is it. We've got 10 years of Boris Johnson. That's right. Um, to Rishi Sunak, who was not even Chancellor at that point, in the sort of dying days of his premiership, one assumes and hopes, desperately trying to save this pointless policy. Mm. The, the weird thing is Sunak, although he has, a, I think, a working majority of about 50, 56, six, think, yeah, um, he sort of presides over a hung parliament in that, as has been said often this this week there are the these five families you know the european research group new conservatives conservative growth group common sense group and northern research group not to speak of the uh, one nation group which survives in a sort of bedraggled form and so they had had multiple meetings the right had had multiple meetings with sunak and it wasn't clear whether or not they were going to vote for or against or abstain but in the end he got it through only 29 actually abstained and not a single Conservative MP voted against the bill. Yeah. Um, I actually personally found the most depressing thing about the day was watching the One Nation group capitulating to this bill. You know, to watch Damien Green arguing that, well, it, it may not be to the taste of the One Nation tendency. Just explain the One Nation group. The where, One Nation group, are. I suppose, is, the, is, is what you'd call the centre... Uh, the uh, what used to be called the Tory wets, yeah, you know, the, yeah. the, the the more compassionate conservatives, the more internationalist conservatives, the conservatives who worry more about rule of law, mm. anti-populist, probably Remainer, most of them, and so on. So to see them, that group going, okay, you know, on a promise that the bill might be amendable later on, all that was going on in the in the background. So I did I did watch the whole thing, and it was surprisingly flat. The debate, you know, you'd think this was a this was a big crunch moment but actually what one had was a sense that the real action was going on elsewhere and, and Maria Eagle the, the Labour MP really put a finger on it when she said that she observed a squeamishness in a lot of the Tories who were standing up and defending the indefensible Yeah, um, you know with this line about uh, let's not let the best be the enemy of the good well actually you know when you're talking about the lives of people who've come a long way uh, in very desperate circumstances and have made their way over on, on, on a small boat actually you do need it to be the best yeah, yeah. You know, I, it, I think I can't get over is the cost so far you know it, it came out and also the sort of duplicity around the cost because there was no it, it, I don't know how it eventually came out everyone was talking about 190 million and yeah. then suddenly another 100 million got slapped onto the it bill. was 400 million now it's 400 the, million by yeah. the, you know the end of the week now they're talking about you know, some uh, who was it that was saying was asked directly, "How many will you be able to to get off UK soil?" And they said, "Well, in the first year, hundreds, hundreds, and then maybe thousands." Yes. you know, in subsequent years. But four hundred million quid, you could go over to Calais, write them all a check for two hundred and fifty grand, <laughs> well, and say, you know, go. On. It's more like a direct debit than a check it's at the madness. moment. It's It is madness, and I think it's that the, there's a fable in all this, which is that Sunak obviously saw the success of take back control in the referendum and get Brexit done in the 2019 election and wanted his own three word equivalent and lit upon stop the boats, which is makes no sense at all in the middle of a cost of living crisis. You know, we're coming up to Christmas. It's going to be really hard for a huge number of voters. And so to watch this spectacle 
or just uh, or just be aware of it in the background must be completely baffling yeah. to most folks i would think it's i would wonder to me. i wonder whether you know we're guilty of it now is the distraction tactic you know the fact that channel 4 news put out they've, they've got a fact check team yes and they put out a couple of minutes we can maybe put the link in the show notes but there was a couple of minutes work around the state of the nhs since the tories came into power and it is unbelievably bleak you know yes the absolute collapse of the waiting lists for cancer for a and e the amount of patients being seen uh, it, it's just utterly inconceivably bad and but of course all we're talking about is bloody rwanda you know and no yeah. one's nailing them to the mast about when are you going to fix the nhs that's what people care about surely that's true and i think that you know labor's strategy is to assume a degree of emotional intelligence on the part of the voters which is it's enough to see the tories getting into ever decreasing circles on on, a, on an irrelevant issue yeah, yeah. i think what does worry me though and sort of very speaks really to a kind of new european you know the, the, the issues you write about every week is that there's a very infantile idea of sovereignty that has yeah. resurfaced in this row and it's that somehow you know this is about sovereignty and you know we should be able to do what the hell we like with refugees and this is dangerous and bigoted but it's also a completely infantile because yeah. the whole international but to any nation it now pools a lot of its sovereignty you know i mean we need to be taken seriously as a responsible participants in all sorts of international agreements just to operate that's right. um you know the echr is the one of the bedrocks of the good friday agreement it's also the bedrock one of the bedrocks of the eu trade and cooperation agreement we need to be trusted if there are going to be war crime prosecutions at the at the at the hague over ukraine yeah um you know people who are critical of what israel are doing is doing in gaza mm. rely upon international agreements the for nations. that the united nations yeah. you know if trump comes into uh, office again in november next year nato is going to be at risk you know and we in britain will want to defend nato mm. but if we're doing it as a country that withdraws from international agreements impulsively yeah. our voice will carry little to well, no we'll weight just be seen as a, a joke nation outlier. a joke yeah, nation yeah, yeah. now i don't think that we are going to withdraw from the echr but the fact is that the director of travel of the conservative party now is 100% in that direction but the, even the sort of the irony of the reality of the situation which was that much of the debate was spent around this tortuous argument about why we can't just cast aside international law because Rwanda won't let us yes. so I mean if you're talking about the idea of purity of sovereignty that's never going to be the case in any uh, bilateral relationship even where you've got a bilateral relationship with a third party and a third party being Rwanda yeah. who are the ones saying you can't just be that cavalier about yeah. international law or we won't play ball Rwanda saying basically the UK being held to account by Rwanda because Rwanda is concerned about reputational damage exactly, if exactly. the Conservative Party exactly has its way. What has happened? And I think that there's a kind of a magical thinking at work here, actually, which yeah. is, I mean, it is reprehensible to a degree, and also, but also, it's it, it shows that many Tories have become properly delusional and have seen Brexit not as a an end, but as a beginning of, yeah. of the kind of detachment of the UK from everything. And I mean, this is. It, need, it should not need to be said, but it does, 
this is a recipe for not only irrelevance but national poverty yeah um yeah and not being taken seriously at all on the global stage in a era in a century where collaboration is going to be more important than ever yeah Uh, so it just doesn't make sense and i think the other thing to say about that day is that there was a an awful grim shadow looming over it, which was the um, suicide on the Bibby Stockholm, the, the barge, which was um, housing, is still housing, um, I think, 500 refugees. Yeah. And it's always important not to speculate on the proximate causes of a suicide. We don't know. But I think, you know, what one can say is that um, refugee campaign groups had raised, have raised concerns th- for, for, for years now about, the lack of access to good mental health care yeah. that um, asylum seekers waiting to be processed have. And um, one remembers that there was a Legionella strain on that That's barge right. and they still marched them on. And, so, and certainly the reports from people who were on that barge say that Would suggest, morale is at absolute rock uh, Yes, bottom. and, you know, he told yeah. stories of the, the, the poor person involved waking up screaming in the middle of the night. Yeah, but unfortunately, unfortunately, the reality is that there'll be plenty of people out there, I hope not too many of them listen to this podcast because I hope they're more discerning, but there'll be plenty of people out there who'll say, well, good, you know, it's meant to be a deterrent, isn't it? That's the whole point, is that it's not meant to be nice. Uh, Okay, it's a bit unfortunate somebody's actually gone to that extreme, but, you know, if the whole place was like a holiday park then they'd, they'd come in their droves yes, uh, so that, that's what the tory government has done it's created little monsters out of all of us really well i mean you know? the the problem with populism um and the conservative party is at the moment undoubtedly without question probably will remain for a while a populist party is it's brutalizing yeah you know i think my own view is that we need a complete reset on border management policy in this country which is not going to be easy because it involves politicians being prepared to stand up and actually talk about the merits of immigration as well as the problems of border management itself and I thought you know the best speech that was given in the debate was by Liam Byrne who's a former Labour immigration minister and he just said the only way in which we can get that system to work and to work effectively is to fund it and that's a very unpopular thing to say even in the Labour Party at the moment where they're desperately trying to keep you know tight control of the fiscal strings but he's right he's absolutely right that in the 21st century border management there's going to be much more population mobility not least because of climate emergency and grown-up democratic countries are going to have to approach this whole set of suite of issues in a way that combines compassion with relative speed of processing and it is it's going to be quite expensive but what did you expect yeah no totally and 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 of course again you know to return to this this theory of the dead cat you know we're all talking about Bibby Stockholm we're talking about flights to Rwanda we're not talking about the 120,000 people that haven't been processed that's right you know that's the problem that's the main problem and even if the thing went through in early January, yeah. let's say there, there, there will be uh, lots of problems, but let's say it, it, it went through reasonably speedily in January, and let's say the flights did, you know, Swella Braverman's dream was realised and the flights did start taking off. The number, as you said, Matt, you know, the numbers of refugees who are going to be deported, even if the bill does become law, yeah. is in the hundreds. Yeah. So it, it's, a, it's a rounding error. It, it, it is... 
pure performative politics. Yeah, vindictive performative. Vindictive, you know, it yeah. is the person we've quoted quite often on the podcast, Adam Sower, the American writer, the cruelty is the point. It's, but it's, like, it's almost like, you know, you try and psychologically, you try and go back and think, what kind of psychology would come to this as a solution? And it, it seems to be a solution originating from a psychology of absolute bitterness and hatred you know and, and not bitterness and hatred of them but of the situation that the politicians have found themselves in you know they are so resentful of the fact that they haven't been able to competently deal with this they're lashing out you know it's like it's it it's the vindictive nature of this single policy and the extent to which they're prepared to pursue it both in terms of finance and reputation, both to themselves and to this country, is beyond any rationale or logic. Oh, there's no rationality you know? to it at all. I mean, it has its origins in uh, the Boris Johnson era when he was starting to falter. And do you remember there was Operation Save Big Dog? Big Dog, yeah. Right? And and this was one of the sort of ideas that was just tossed onto the table. Let's send them all to Rwanda. Yeah. Um, Pretty Patel, wasn't Pretty it? Pretty Patel. Yeah. And it has hardened into a sort of virility test that's for Rishi right. Sunak, That's right. um, and a kind of test of his authority in the party, but also of his determination uh, to protect and continue the 2019 coalition with the Red Wall. And I yeah. think part of this is is a very London-based, elite-based misunderstanding of what animates the group of voters that are, frankly, you know, a, a bit too lazily described as red wall voters you yeah. know the idea that and everyone in a, in the in a red wall seat sits glued to their television saying that well you know i might not be able to afford my weekly shop yeah but uh, thank goodness someone's stopping the boat yeah. it's not how yeah. people operate yeah. in the real yeah. world no. but i mean i think that that's how sunak thinks which is yeah to your point about the dead cat which is you know, my economic policy is working a bit, but not really. Well, because uh, we're about possibly going into recession. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I'd, so I better do something that those voters will like. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, all for what it's worth, all the surveys of red wall seats show that people are not impressed. Yeah. You know, people are not stupid. They understand that there are different forms of immigration. They understand that this is just a, a gimmick. Yeah. But the, the whole fixation, the Tory fixation with the Red Wall is 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 in itself yeah. based on a very classist idea that people in Red Wall seats are sort of bovine and stupid and respond to being thrown scraps of red meat. It's not like that at all, no. you know. And I think we do need to, as you alluded to a minute ago, we need to start talking about actual solutions and yeah. alternatives. You know, it's very easy, all too easy to to slag these guys off and quite rightly so but there is a problem you know and we do need solutions and we should get that brilliant woman zoe gardner excellent on, who's, yeah who's fantastic on this has been on, i've seen her on newsnight and i follow her on twitter so zoe gardner if you're listening be reaching out to you somehow and hoping you'll join us on the two mats podcast because in, because it, the, the it, you know it does need a solution but that that solution is not just um performatively punitive measures yeah it's it's, yeah. it's far from that it's very complicated do you uh, think and do you think anybody is there a constituency of people who hasn't seen th this for what it is you know who are going oh, I'm rushing, uh, well you know th this may be a, a triumph of hope over experience to quote the late robert jenrick but uh oh he's still alive <laughs> is he okay sorry thank <laughs> you very um but i i do think one one potential merit and i wouldn't put it any further than that out of this whole debacle 
is it might open people's eyes to the fact that simple solutions to complex problems don't work yeah, yeah. and to not trust people who come to the to them with a sort of South Sea bubble promise policy wise you know leaders who come and say this is going to be difficult yeah actually you know you think of the the past the 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 Churchills the Kennedys you know people who challenge voters tend to do well yes Uh, and we live in an era where politicians too much too often treat voters as some a, a kind of static group to be frightened of I, I, I'd build on that very slightly by saying people who challenge voters but in combination with an ambition that voters can get behind yes which is what's totally missing right now you know there's no ambition well I mean leadership used to mean taking the electorate with you to somewhere that they wanted to go That's you the know point I don't that. think I mean I think bigotry is part of the human psyche yeah. anyone can yeah. activate bigotry i mean that's not that's not challenging and it's not the case that there are certain parts of the country that are bigoted and certain parts that aren't it doesn't work like that this is a battle within people often and statesmanship consists in not stirring that particular pot but in saying actually this is a very nuanced business Uh, we understand your concerns but here's why it has to work in this way Um, you know, it's there's a debate to be had around integration. There's a debate to be had around which sectors require a, a particularly um, a liberal immigration policy at the moment. But this kind of blanket idea that we need to get legal migration down and we need to get illegal migration down. And an interesting consequence of Robert Jenrick resigning as uh, Minister for Migration is that they've split the job yeah. into illegal migration which is michael tomlinson and legal migration which is tom Perslove, and i think that tells you a lot about the kind of desperate significance they're attaching to this mm. um, that in itself will not that that sort of um portfolio redesign is not the yeah. answer to the problem as, but, we, as we've said before on this podcast the the idea that britain needs a kind of moonshot ambition as a nation uh, i think is very very important right now yeah and the point i'd make about that is when kennedy said we're going to go to the moon before the end of the yes the, the, the decade he didn't he didn't say how or why or what how what the spaceship was going to be called or how we were going to do it he didn't know the technicalities he just said that's where we're going and we're going to be big enough and brave enough to go there not because it's easy because it's hard because that's it's hard, why exactly. we're doing it and for a politician to say as keir starmer should say would say is saying i think we will get an answer. We don't know exactly how it's going to play out, but there's our ambition to have a fair yes. immigration system, to have an economy that's growing, to have an NHS that works, to have infrastructure that is functional, that roads aren't absolutely falling to pieces and that the schools are uh, good and fit for purpose. That's where we're going as a nation. Get behind me, you know? That's good, I think. That And it doesn't seem like a big thing to have to say. No, uh, I think the big thing... The big ask of a prospective Labour government, and it was where I think the Remain campaign failed dismally, was to make the positive case for immigration. There are almost no politicians now, really, mainstream politicians who do that. You know, Labour's response to all this is, it doesn't work. We'd spend the money that's right, differently. That's right. We'd categorize. They're the game. arguing over whether the toilet on the spaceship works. Pre- well, pre- we can't go. Pre- we can't go to the, we can't go, the toilet. Exactly. Doesn't work. But act, and I, you know, I understand this side of the election. There's the, that whole argument about caution. But yeah. it, uh, you know, I would hope that quite early in a, in a Starmer government, if it yeah. happens, that one of his speeches is: Look, we need a, a total reset. This is a new era. 
Brexit did not answer your concerns, Britain, mm. over this. Um, clearly, the Rwanda policy is a bust. We've got to actually start talking honestly yeah. about why immigration is important to this country and has been for at least 70 years. But I think I think the answer to that is to start at the end, is to say... Yes, what do you say, want? Here's a picture of Britain in 10 or 20 years' time, and this is what it looks like. This is what our economy is founded on. This is why it's important that we have this kind of education system to fulfil this kind of economy, why we'll need skills from abroad to fulfil this kind of economy, what that kind of economy will be able to do for us in terms of transforming our health service, our infrastructure, our education, all of the things to raise everybody up, right? The real, the true levelling up. There's the picture of the future. Work backwards from there. What do we need? And the biggest answer is we need the right people with the right skills, whether you can grow them from home or you bring them in from abroad. Now, if you make that case like that and you paint a compelling picture of the of the future, the only real opposition somebody could have to that, if it's grounded in logic and it's, it's thought through and well communicated, the only real opposition would be that bigotry. And that doesn't count in my book. They can go an F off. So, yes, and I don't fine. think, and I think that uh, bigotry in the abstract is different from. It, it all depends on how the question is phrased. Yeah. If you say, do you do you you know how do you feel about this percentage of the country's population being uh, from people who are immigrants from this year or whatever? Yeah. Then a, a portion of people who are nervous about change yeah. will, because immigration is a proxy for change, will yeah. say, "Oh, I don't know about that." But if you say, "Do you want the care system in twenty years to be functional?" Yeah. You know, clearly the the number of vacancies in the NHS yeah. is unsustainable would you like three times as many nurses nurses in the NHS? Yeah, right. yeah yeah okay right. yes of course the, the answer well, is where yes, do you think you they're know. coming from right uh-huh. um you know look at almost every sector that is in trouble at yeah. the moment yeah and immigration is part of the answer yeah and it oftentimes you find in focus groups and so on is that people who have incredibly congenial relations with their neighbors who might be you know they might have different heritage afro-caribbean heritage or you you know, uh, Eastern European heritage. Be, oh, we're fine about them. Yeah. We just don't want. Yeah. You know, that's why the breaking point poster that Farage was such a crime was so evil because what it did was it othered yeah. people and the, who desperately need to come to this country in some cases and who are in other cases extremely needed yeah, in right. this country that's and right. said they're a menace, yeah. they're a threat, and what's more, because this is the always the populist trick. Who can we blame? You know, if we're not blaming the judges or the lefty lawyers or the liberal elite, they're blaming immigrants. Yeah. You know, the idea that the problems of this country are all to be laid at the door of immigration is mm. simply factually wrong, yeah. let alone ethically bankrupt. It's just absolute nonsense. Yeah, yeah. It's all just... Right. Well, okay, so I think you know where we stand on that one, folks. Uh, yeah. Talking of um, Nigel, we can talk about him a little bit second, more in the second, in in the the second, second half. half. So come and join us after a very short break. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to The Two Mats. And if you like the kind of conversations we have here, there are loads more to be had in print and online at The New European. Uh, and I have got a very special offer for all listeners of The Two Mats. We are giving away copies of Alistair Campbell's Diaries 2023, which is a book we're publishing this month. Uh, It's a fantastic 
diary full of everything that's happened, all the people he's met, and anybody who's uh, a fan of Alistair Campbell's diaries over the years know how brilliantly he turns them out. He is very much a latter-day Samuel Pepys. He really is. He is. So you can get a free copy of Alistair Campbell's diaries, 2023, worth £20, when you subscribe to the New European from as little as £1 a week. Or if you like getting the newspaper delivered to your door every single week, you can have that for just another pound a week. And that's a 75% saving on the price you'll pay at the newsagents. To get this great offer, go to www.theneweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats that's the number two m-a-t-t-s tell them i sent you and you'll get your free copy of alistair campbell's diary 2023 delivered to you in time for christmas it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome back. Uh, talking to populist wankers. Well, <laughs> the things you say about me. Um, <laughs> uh, Nigel Farage. I'm not a populist. Um, <laughs> Nigel Farage. Well, you sent me a, a clip, yeah. and actually, can, can we can we get a little bit a of little it from? Uh, of it, yeah. yeah, it was quite the most odd thing. I don't want to spoil the sort of glow that I have after doing I'm a Celebrity, and I've got no criticisms at all of the production team or anybody involved in that program. But I would say to you, Mr. Kevin Ligo, the boss of ITV, it's up to you, mate. If you want to go to war with me, you really can. The last person that did that was called Dame Alison Rose from that West Bank. And look what happened to her. So I would suggest, Mr. Ligo, that I am prepared to ignore your rude, one-handed gestures, the pathetic attempts by some of your staff to stitch me up. I'm prepared to forget all of it if we can call a truce. But if you really, really want to go to war with me, 
I don't think it'll do ITV share price an awful lot of good. So let's please end the nonsense and let's do it now. So I hadn't seen it, but uh, yeah. thank you for sending it to me. It was um, Farage recently returned from the jungle where he won bronze medal position. <laughs> I think he'd rather hope to be on the podium with gold. But anyway, yeah. calling out Kevin Ligo. Declaring war on Kevin Ligo. Yeah, if you think, you know, come Kevin and get Ligo, it. If the you boss think of ICV. So the background to this is, which I think is Kevin Ligo. I've never met him, but obviously he's been on the scene for so long. Um, I haven't really had an opinion of him up until now, but I now think he's an absolute copper-bottom legend. National hero. At some kind of conference or something. the ITV Palooza event, whatever that is. Whatever that is. is, Kevin Ligo's stood there, and there's a um, a signer for the uh, deaf stood by the podium, and Kevin Ligo says... I'm so glad you're here. I, I don't know any sign language at all. Actually, that's not true. I only, I only know the sign language for Nigel Farage. And did a wanker signal. And then signal. does a wanker signal. Right. And he took this very badly, Farage. And I think he also, like I also said, don't worry, Farage knows he has to come back home from Australia in a dinghy. <laughs> so this is all good material, all good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, but what's interesting about Farage, I mean, this is where it gets sort of like a bad guy Ritchie movie isn't it I mean we had the five families in part one (laughs) from the kind of godfather reference and this is like come and get it if you think you're hard enough and you know uh, this very open threat like look what I did to Alison Rose uh, at Nat West over uh, the debanking so-called scandal these are the people who rail against cancel culture absolutely incredible oh I'm being shut down I'm being shut down he's saying to Kevin Liger don't call me a wanker or I'll 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 decimate the share price of ITV I mean they are as my youngest son never uh, fails to point out and he's quite right that you know they are the biggest snowflakes oh they are right and um, he obviously came back and you know found out this had happened and went postal and um, you know the whole idea. I'm prepared to forget it all if you call a truce. I mean, this yeah. is this is the language of someone who's now being hailed. Let us not forget as the potential savior of the Tory party. You know this ludicrous idea that there's going to be um, a dream ticket. I mean, dream ticket is not how I would describe it, but no. of Boris Johnson and Nigel Farage. Wow. Um, although it's interesting to speculate. You know, who which of them would be? Can you imagine? one of them giving way to the, the other I mean it, it's not going to happen yeah. I do think as we've discussed this often and I think it's a, a clear and present danger I think Farage probably will join the Conservative Party at some point and then we are into very interesting and dangerous territory but mm. um, as awful as he is one has to uh, acknowledge his he's a very modern politician yeah. he's a shapeshifter mm. you know he's able to move from one context to another so you know he he was uh, UKIP then he was Brexit party then he launches um, a campaign against net zero which turns out to be very influential you know and is a factor in Rishi Sunak's rowback from the net zero targets then he goes on I'm a celebrity um, in the jungle I think we're agreed that he didn't quite make the impact he might have hoped for but you know it's He's back in the news. Well, they back lost on the f- four million viewers. I think, they did. I mean, I think my own view is that the the format has, yeah, has reached yeah, the end of the yeah, line. Yeah. Um, you know, but but nonetheless, he he got through to the final, yeah. which um, is disappointing for everyone who <laughs> was hoping him yeah. to fall over. Um, and but he didn't win, and which is interesting he did. It itself. would have been a disaster yeah. if he'd won. Yeah. Um, and I think that you know, it's 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 good that he, he didn't win, but he's come out of it. Um, at a rate of knots with a new grievance yeah. he's extremely adept at finding uh, 
a new enemy a new grievance a new cause um uh, you know he exists in a kind of landscape of pop-up parties so at the moment reform uk i think is he's president of it richard tice's leader richard tice but you can see him thinking maybe i should be the the front man for that in the coming yeah. election. I saw the. I didn't see it, but I saw that Richard Tice interviewed him on talk TV. You know, the, yeah, the, the, the two of them. You know, as, the, as though there's any remote semblance of objectivity or yeah. You know. No, I mean, well, it, it is interesting how talk TV and GB News are not yet remotely in the Fox News sort of zone yeah. in terms of influence, but we can't forget about them because they are providing a sort of unmonitored, apparently, un, almost, unre- I know Ofcom yeah. has received lots of complaints from them, but, you know, it, more or less unregulated space for politicians to straddle the news entertainment sector yeah, and the right. politics sector. It's very interesting, because uh, um, I noticed Piers Morgan, who gets loads and loads of headlines, you know, yes. I mean, doesn't he, you know, and does... You know, well, he's, ha- he's, he's had a very good war, as they say, yeah, because, yeah, yeah. to be fair to him, he's had... People from both sides on, yeah, and he's he's always consistently. Has good wars, you know, no, he's like, a very, yeah, you know, yeah. it's a very, it's become a very good show. If you want to know yeah. where the different but arguments are going on, so he had a an NHS doctor who is the UK leader of his, his book uh, tattoo. Yeah, thank you for pronouncing that for me properly. And they had this very like vitriolic yeah. row, and that spilled over into into X slash Twitter. And what I noticed is that Piers started complaining about the very format where he's succeeding which is short form clips and he said no you've got to if you want to see what i said properly you've got to look at the whole mm. show and it did occur to me this is the the challenge for peers and gb news and all of these kind of people who are now relying on short clips is yeah, that absolutely. they are devoid of context and consideration and it and it it plays into a format where brevity is rewarded rather than thought yes. and and so you know, it, it does, again, if we're thinking about the media and the national discourse, this is not a good thing that we are now thriving well, on I mean, short a good, a, clips of things. A good example of that is, um, so the pro-Israel side has generated a huge number of WhatsApp groups that proliferate, again, short clips. And then the pro-Palestinian side uh, has been incredibly strong on TikTok. And so you've had, you know, kids in the West quoting Osama bin Laden's letter to America with praise and there's something worrying about both in a way which is the 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 complexity and nuance of of a conflict like this and the huge stakes and loss and loss of life do not map onto that kind of that's right coverage you know you need you need i mean like as we were saying just before we went on last week we had jason pack a great expert on the middle east and i think we both agreed that his nuanced very personal and unique take on the war yeah was it was enlightening no totally but yeah. you had to listen to the whole thing yeah. to get it that's right you it, couldn't just say you know you couldn't present as as many do you know a headline no and say here, no. Here, here, i would I'm struggle to, put, a, ditch on to put a headline on that and i yeah. all the better for it actually yes that's right and, and unfortunately social media is full of people who who are rewarded um thinking about you know, Owen Jones, for instance, who, yeah. who who is rewarded by having a completely 
polar view on something that he sticks to doggedly and calls everybody with any nuance either side of that thing an idiot or a traitor or well, a, he, you know, I mean, to ta- okay, criminal. To take you know? an example on the left and then one on the right. So Owen Jones did a, a much-talked-about video analysing the now-famous horrific 43-minute tape of the Hamas atrocities. And he did what revisionists always do, which is to say, I'm just asking questions. I'm just asking questions. The, you know, Israel went berserk. It it turned into a, it went viral. It was obviously meant to go viral. So whatever you think about what he said, it achieved his ambition, which was to shore up his reach and his uh, prominence. Another example, which is definitely worth keeping an eye on, is that Alex Jones of Infowars fame, the the man who's engaged in still in huge litigation for the lies he told about the Sandy Hook massacre, and you know a, a, a really you know bottom of the barrel conspiracy theorist merchant, is back on X through Twitter yeah. after um, a, after a poll by Elon Musk on Twitter. Yeah, yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. And the first thing he does is uh, do an hour long interview on X with Tucker Carlson and. Um, you know, again, that's not a hugely um, nuanced or diverse no. viewpoint kind of uh, exchange. But there, I mean, I think there are, it's a complicated question about social media and who's allowed on and who's not. But what I do know is that, to your point, Matt, the whole public discourse is now distorted by the impact of the polls, the polarities in yeah. this. Yeah. And there is no silver bullet solution to this. No. But it is it is. It is getting worse, I think. Yeah. Polarisation yeah. is getting worse. And also, I mean, just saying, this is my position, and my position is the right side of history, literally saying that. Yes. My position is the right side of history, and you are on the wrong side of history, and you will be treated as a pariah by future generations, which is what these people do. Yes. It's just insane. You know, no well, one knows I'm, where the side of history is going to fall. What, That's uh, the point of history. Something that was, is a new concept to me, but I heard the other day, is that... Um, Purity compacts, as they're called apparently, are very unstable bases for any relationship between a content producer and an audience. In other words, sooner or later, you get found out. So, yeah, expand that a bit. A purity compact is where, let's say on this podcast, we never ever asked questions or tested our assumptions or our priors, as they're called in America. A purity compact would be that we only provide the listeners of the two mats with you know a completely predictable set of answers to everything and right. you know that, that that's a purity compact so we've got a manifesto and we we'll stick to it yeah and we don't care of any other facts opinion. Yeah. developments yeah, yeah, yeah. you know uh, new arguments yeah. we're not open right. to that right. now of course everyone has a viewpoint there's nothing wrong with that but a purity con- compact is is what is the real problem with a lot of speech and discourse and writing and podcast content in the west and elsewhere now which is come to this and i will just tell you that everything you think is right and mm. remind you that i'm always right yes uh, and in the end that does not get you it certainly doesn't help democracy no. we, and we can take that no. for granted but also i think it has a, a half-life you know it, yeah. you, you cannot really deal with the real world yeah yeah in that so you know if you're a consumer that just wants to remain infantilized then i guess you will stick with it yeah but it's it, it in a world where people are finding themselves really hitting on the nose by reality not yeah. least because of the yeah. cost of living crisis and yeah. also, you know a world of great instability i'm not sure that just doing that has a future that 
there's no question the polarization genie is out the bottle now yeah it's not going to go away overnight yeah and but the it, trouble is that you end up talking about again as we're doing now you talk about um the personalities and i noted um gary lineker who i think is terrific yeah. you know and i think his tweets are bang on and, and more power to his elbow i wish he'd tweet more but what the incoming chairman of the bbc said at the select committee was well it's not helpful and i did actually have some sympathy with this argument it's not helpful to his argument because all you end up talking about is gary lineker's tweets yes because it's so predictable that the daily mail will say shut up lineker you know and, and meanwhile, I have a picture underneath that of Nigel Farage as though he, he'd won in the jungle, you know, not comfort. But there, there's their culture war, and it's all about people. You know, it's well, not about the, the stuff, it's the, about people. That's one of the big changes, I think, in, in political culture in the last 20 years, and indeed culture generally, is that it's people, not institutions or parties or yeah. causes, that attract loyalty and trust and... Uh, devotion yeah. and so uh, another way of putting it is Cristiano Ronaldo has twice as many followers on social media than Real Madrid yeah right okay yeah. I mean yeah. you know, that yeah. just gives you a sort of yeah. for instance of it yeah and you know Gary Lineker is as influential in his own way uh, maybe more so than if the BBC makes a statement yeah you know he's crossed generations that's a key thing about him the question it? is but if if Gary Lineker for instance knows if he tweets something that it's going to be on the front page of the Daily Mail tomorrow and it'll all be an attack on him. Wouldn't he, would he, this is a question, I don't know the answer and it's up to him at the end of the day, but would he be better not tweeting so that the issue had more prominence rather than this knee-jerk assault on him as a personality? I think that's the correct analysis. I think the problem is that he, I suspect, thinks, and I think he's not wrong, we live in emergency times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think he does feel, I think this is very much to his credit, he feels that he has a platform, yeah. he has a status that straddles the sporting media and political world, and, and that he therefore has some sort of responsibility to speak out. Yeah. Now, clearly, that rubs up against his role as a face of the BBC. I mean, they haven't resolved it yet. They yeah. haven't. But I don't think he's going to roll over. I listen. I agree with it, and I hope he doesn't roll over. But I do also think, and this is this is what's called holding two contradictory thoughts in yeah, your head but that's, at the same that's time. Folks. The nature of I life. also think it makes it easier for the bad guys to distract from the real problem. That's 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 absolutely true. The the, the counter argument to that is how do you get progressive ideas, for want yeah. of a better word, yeah. across? except through the vector of personality. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, if the Labour Party issues a, a, a press release saying this bill is rubbish, yeah. it will reach a fraction of the people, of the, of the number of people that a Gary Lineker tweet will that's have. That's true. Yeah. I, don't, I, I, I don't have a, a pat answer to this. No, that's because a pat answer doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. So and, there we go. you know, we on, don't do pat answers on the two mats. And on that bombshell, what and didn't the, we uh, have time to talk about? Well, I think we, uh, again, you, you, you alerted me this morning, we're recording this on Thursday, to um, the exciting news about Mr Scott Benton. Oh, yeah. The MP for Blackpool South. Incredible independent because he had the Tory whip taken away from him yeah. and now um, suspended for well days. It, yes I think the Commons has to ratify it but the Standards Committee yeah. is uh, he, you know he's gone out basically uh, said this is to, to um, undercover journalists I think from the Times saying that, and he told them how to do a grift 
yeah. you know, inviting people to hospitality. And the Standards Committee is extremely unimpressed <laughs> and has recommended, uh, I think, 30, 35 days. Which will trigger another by-election. Yes, because only it, once you're over 10 days, yeah. then uh, you're, you're open to, you're vulnerable to a petition for recall. Yeah. Um, and you only have to get 10% majority. And his... His, I looked up this morning, his majority in Blackpool South is only 3,690. So if yeah. there is a by-election, that's a Labour win, Yeah, yeah, straightforwardly. And they're still waiting for the petition to close on Peter Bone, the Tory MP yeah. for Wellingborough. So, you know, Another, Rishi, but, yeah. you know, to, to, to end his year of triumph with even two more, yeah. you know, wins could be looking in the new year to... Uh, a couple of nasty by-elections. Fantastic news. And He's, isn't he great? I loved, um, my favourite bit of the week was Michelle Moan and, and her husband, oh, yeah. Doug Barham, and, uh, with their 70-minute uh, quote-unquote documentary that they'd entirely <laughs> paid for, but apparently hadn't told any of the people, or, or some of the people hadn't told them that it was being funded by PPE MedPro. Um, so there's now people on Twitter saying, Hang on well, a minute. When I spoke to them, they made no indication that they were yeah. involved with it. And I'm appalled that I'm part of this charade. And and listening to uh, Doug Barrowman valued, I don't know, several hundreds of millions in his Island Man home talking about um, how the New European had deeply hurt them by saying our front page with uh, the headline, Stop This Boat, with a picture of Michelle yeah, on the Lady good. M yacht, which she then threatened to sue us over for defamation. And we, as as we did tweet and shield your ears, listeners of a gentle position, told her to fuck off. Yes. Um, and and uh, off she fucked, and really. And off she fucked. Um, but she has got bigger fish to fry because she was so apparently dark, interviewed yeah. under caution by um, the police or the fraud office in regards to this um, uh, deal where they profited to the tune of £69 million for PPE equipment some of which uh, was used some of which wasn't used they're arguing why it wasn't used uh, as a technicality but she tweets this week saying it's been a terrible time for me um, I've been ruined by this people think I'm a liar and a cheat and it's like again somebody who has totally lost touch with reality yeah and completely, I think completely that any sympathy for somebody who's made 69 million quid not at all during the covid pandemic do me a favor do I think, I, and I think that actually, although seeing Sunak and Johnson at the COVID inquiry has been sort of gripping it after a fashion, it'll be in that sort of thing that the yeah. real scandals emerge. Oh, for you know, sure. I for mean, sure. this is really important stuff. Yeah. Um, and you'd have to have a heart of stone not to laugh at their predicament, wouldn't you? Well, totally. And the, and the trouble with telling people that you're going to sue them for defamation is that if those people don't collapse into a, a bundle of nerves and, and roll over for you, your next step is you either shut up and go away and look foolish or you do sue them and then it goes in front of a court and you're entitled to ask for evidence and then a jury decides. I think discovery in that particular case yeah, would be yeah, very yeah. interesting. Very interesting. So bring that one on. Bring okay. It on. Thank you very much, folks. I uh, hope you enjoyed listening. Get your questions in and any feedback to the two mats. That's the number two, M-A-T-T-S at T-N-E publishing.com that's two mats at tnepublishing.com or if you listen on spotify you can message us there and that's exactly what goldsack did goldsack is that a real name is that a, a, a boast <laughs> that's what goldsack 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 said after hearing the coming storm on bbc4 it seems impossible to discuss facts with conspiracy theorists 
How can someone bring them back to reality, to the real world? Well, we'll maybe we'll have a tackle at answering, yes. an- answering that on uh, our Q&A question session on Sunday. We're back with a new episode on Sunday. And don't forget our Christmas deal. Head to the neweuropean.co.uk forward slash two mats and you can get your free Alistair Campbell Diaries 2023 with a subscription to the New European from just £1 a week. Lucky there people. Is a, yes, indeed. Don't Lucky you think people. it's... I mean, that is, that is a good mad offer. generosity, isn't it? Crazy generosity. Anyway, grab it while it's there. They're going like hotcakes. There's a link in the show notes. Thanks as ever to our producer, Ollie Pert, at Rethink Audio, assisted by Matt Hill. And until next week... It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from him. Goodbye. goodbye. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.